0: Welcome to Bloom Darling Podcast. Life will eat you alive if you do not master it. We all need a community of support to encourage one another throughout the challenges of life. Bloom Darling Podcast is dedicated to discussing the struggles of life while revealing how to bloom and thrive. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Episode 5 of Bloom Darling Podcast. This episode is called More Than a Movement, where I sit down with my good friend, the historian, Christina Thomas, and we discuss a pandemic, Black Lives Matter, and really just our thoughts on it overall. I got to thinking about Black Lives Matter and my thoughts about it all and how I process and reflecting on who I can connect with on this on a deeper level and really working through some frustrations I had about media portrayal and responses or lack of responses from friends and loved ones. And I really wanted to process through some unheard comments or perspectives from this. And there was not a better person to sit down and discuss this than my good friend, Christina. Christina is thoughtful. She's open-minded. She's brilliant and fierce. And so I appreciate her perspective and just... Her honesty and having these conversations for sure. And overall, I think for me personally, it's important to talk about Black Lives Matter, not just when I look at social media, not just on Twitter not just kind of what I see on the news, but really in an authentic, personal way with the people that I'm connected to and feel that I can have these safe conversations with. And so this was a conversation where we were very open, we were very honest, and while Black Lives Matter, the movement has seemingly blown up and really just broadcasted all over the world. I think it's important to see this as more than just a movement. This isn't just a moment in time that things are going to um, be broadcasted and then go away. I think these are lasting thoughts, feelings, changes, legislation um, that's going to take place that is going to make a difference. And thank you so much for joining me, Christina, and having this conversation. I appreciate your time and just your willingness to be open and raw as we talk about something that is challenging to talk about and can often be painful, especially for people of color and black people to be open with. Um, But this is a safe space for us to have this conversation. And so I've been thinking about social media a lot and just not knowing when to share, when not to share, how just can I be safe in having the conversations and seeing what's been posted and not getting kind of overwhelmed and discouraged with people's responses or lack of responses, and even the differing perspectives that are out there. You know, what are some things that you do or strategies that you have kind of dealing with social media? And is there truly a time where we need to step back from social media to process through our own thoughts and feelings?
1: But sometimes you have to just make the call yourself about how much do you want or should you or should you disconnect during this Mm. moment Uh you're getting very heavy and you know having these like invisible conversations with that person on facebook in the shower it's like you need a second to just disconnect um in those moments i think so too like definitely um i am going to go out and protest this weekend um because just like you it's just it's very hard to just sit still and be quiet especially when i normally do go out and protest as well, so it's been very hard, but making sure that still I'm taking those safety um, practices with understanding that we're still in the midst of a, pan- a pandemic as well. So you know wherever that, whatever that looks like is remaining in the back of a protest or to the mm-hmm. side. whatever I need to do to make myself feel comfortable, I will do as well. Definitely. for sure, I think
0: it's so hard. Um when there's so much going on right now um, to kind of have a focus just on um, the racial aspect of what's happening when there's also a pandemic that's happening and that's hard that I think that is that is really difficult that's really challenging Um, I can say for me personally thinking of the white people that I'm connected to, I feel like there's been two very different sides. Um, There have been the white people in my life that have always been woke, or they have just this deeper understanding. Um, And so they've been kind of on this journey for a while, moving towards a place of Understanding what it means to have privilege, what it means to be white, what it means to be part of a system that oppresses people of color and are working to take active steps to get rid of that oppression, to, you know, deal with their privilege, to, you know, really be a voice against the systemic practices that continuously um, have racism functioning and thriving in the United States and then on the other side I feel like there's these people that are just now finding out that there there's racism you know they were maybe the people that were you know against Kaepernick when he was talking about kneeling when he was actively kneeling they were against it and then now they have open eyes and for some reason right now it's a whole new world and so I, I do want to know what do you think about kind of the reaction that white people, you know, on different areas have had, and is there a right way for white people to respond to what's happening right now?
1: Yeah, um, that's a lot um, to think about because it's definitely I, I have the same you know sort of both ends of the spectrum on my timeline with, you know, there have been white folk who have been doing the work, um, who understand moments to be quiet and to amplify the voices of Black people. Um, and then there, ha- there are the other side of um, folks, like you said, who are just now beginning to understand or still don't understand either, mm-hmm. um, what's going on in America and what's happening and why is this such a problem, especially. Um, and so I think about it, hmm. I think about it more so in the wrong ways to respond, as mm-hmm. and maybe with that, get to the right ways. Um, because I definitely think from what I've seen, it's very wrong to, you know, tag your black friends. Mm-hmm. Um, to you know receive information from them or try to get resources. um, I definitely don't don't see any benefits in um allowing people to debate in your timeline sometimes. Mm. Um, So allowing a lot of arguments to go very negative um, as well. And this what I talk about too and people Don't have the range to facilitate such conversations. And so then I see like 54 comments in their status that they Mm. posted, and just like, whoa, you cannot. um, I guess basically a forum board for hate negativity, um, which is a problem. Um, But I think the right ways that I've seen people respond, you know, is with book recommendations that I've seen a lot of people um suggest, you know, white um fragility mm-hmm. as well as um, people recommending different podcasts, people who um having them listen to white people who are doing work on anti-racist training, um listening to black voices, um, different talks as well. Um so I do see that as beneficial as them creating, you know, their own reading list or syllabus to hand out to people as well um sometimes i do think silence is also you know good um Mm -hmm. just to sit and just listen um and i think sometimes too you know i hear it go around a lot that we need um the term silence is violence but i think we need to really reevaluate that too Um, because sometimes i don't always see people's silence as violence Mm -hmm. I, i think people take the time to process especially when we only say that silence is violence in terms of social media post um because a person can be talking within their lives to certain people certain groups and we don't see that um, but because we've it on someone's social media they haven't posted or talked about this that doesn't mean they're still not doing the work either mm-hmm. um, or holding the space to do the work either um, so i think sometimes people see that and they think they have to rush to say something they have to rush to do something um, when sometimes they just don't, they just need to listen or, you know, continuously repost the voices of black and brown people who are doing the work, um, who are having these conversations already, who's, yeah, who've definitely been doing the work. Um, So I think think maybe the right way to approach this is definitely, um, you know, educating yourself as best as you can. Um, I definitely think also, listening to the voices of black and brown people. Um, I think those will be my two, my two first things, first steps towards sort of being present in these conversations and in this moment right now. Definitely. And check check your friends too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't allow friends to see you, hey, like, I don't know if this, a conversation that needs to be happening in public or if you need to slide into their DMs or be like, and man, I saw that post you made, um, these comments that you made, or I saw you attacking people of color within my um, status. That's not okay. Shut down your friends. I think, I definitely think that is, you know, something I will say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Check in, check your friends.
0: Agreed. And I, I think there are many wrong ways to, for white people to move in this space. A space of openness um, and a space of support for Black people. But I don't necessarily think that there's one right way that they can approach this. I think um, everybody is in a different part of discovery and of learning and of, you know, um, just realization of what it means to be white and mm-hmm. what it means to be racist and what it means to. Um, support and be an ally i think you know people are in different spaces and so i don't think there's one prescribed way but there are many wrong ways to look at this um i don't know the athlete's name but some guy uh, i think he's a quarterback for some team he just today
1: yes yes.
0: yeah i i think that is a very wrong way to approach all of this um and i think it's a very tricky place to be, but I totally agree when you said, like, sometimes you do need to be silent. Mm -hmm. I think there, in so many ways, people of color have been silenced, and I don't necessarily think that for white people, um, posting on social media is the key way to, boom, say, I'm not silent. Um, I think silence can be, hey, I'm going to sit and listen to this particular person and their experience and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I think it's all about, one, it's about the heart and where their heart at is in this process, you know, a place of um, processing through their own experiences, places where they acknowledge, um, you know, any and all parts that they've played in the continuation of this system, and then looking at how they're interacting with others, the people in their lives that they're connected to and having those difficult conversations, whether it be close friends, coworkers, family members, um, really moving in that journey. And I think, you know, as long as they're moving forward and towards a place where they are self-reflecting and then taking active um, or making active choices, to combat the kind of negative choices they may have made or the system as a whole then i i don't personally have a problem
1: with that right. yeah and I, I think so too um you know thinking about this week and social media and activism um you know not just a conversation for white people but like companies and businesses um because I remember a lot of frustration on Tuesday as well with like some companies, you know, who were saying Black Lives Matter for the first time, um, Mm -hmm. but actions in their businesses don't reflect that. So I remember the NFL saying it (laughs) like, whoa, are you just going to disregard what you did to Colin Kaepernick? Mm -hmm. You know, I, and I think this goes back to sometimes silence. A lot of people do think they have to say something. And it's like, no one, because um, you just, if, if you're not comfortable um, in sense of like processing your words together and making these like long posts, that's mm-hmm. fine. If you're processing it within yourself for some time. That's good too. But um, I think some people, you know, their actions don't match their words of what they mm-hmm. how they, you know, react to black people um, as well. Um, so I think, yeah, on Tuesday, seeing some certain businesses when um you know these businesses are not diversified as well at Mm -hmm. all um to post a black square in this Mm -hmm. sense of solidarity quote unquote um especially seeing football teams in the nfl knowing what they did at cabernet um very upsetting as well
0: definitely definitely and i know many people had mixed feelings about blackout Tuesday. Some people were against it. Some people were for it. Some people were indifferent. Um, and I think, again, I think there's not necessarily a right or wrong to approach this. I think it's about the heart behind it. Um, and as you said, if it's just a post and there's no anything else behind it, whether it's a business or a person, then it's wrong. It's not genuine. Um, and I think my problem also comes along when people are actively saying Black lives matter when there is a death, when there is a killing, and it's televised, but then the minute the name is off the TV, you know, and the person is seemingly forgotten from the media, then Black lives do not matter for people.
1: And, and that's, yeah, and that was such A feeling of frustration too is that you know you had all these you know hashtags coming about um you know i'm running with Mm -hmm. like you stop running the same with the black squares you posted it but then you go about the next day to your regular business Mm um so it's like you know it's just really it's really interesting frustrating like it pisses me off sometimes too is that like you just you just don't care. It's, it's a um, sometimes it's just very reactionary. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, says that I need to say something, but the next day, or since you know, all these other police killings, these incidents of police brutality that's happening in your you know, backyard, you're silent on, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you're saying something, and I just can't for the life of me understand how you could sit silent throughout. Yeah a lot of these cases and then just go back to your day and then once the next you know big thing happens you can go back to saying something again
0: yeah agreed agreed for sure um I've been frustrated also with the response of some people of color and that surprised me um maybe it shouldn't have I know everybody does not have the same experience. We don't all come from the same upbringing or backgrounds. All black people, you know, do not need to have the same views. But for me, I've been very upset by people who are more focused on money or business or um, Christianity and their view of Christianity than the fact that um, a man that. A woman uh, people have just been killed murdered and you know they look like you so what does that say about how this country how the people who share your view of faith you know view you and people who look like you so I have a very strong problem with the response of many people when they are all but you know disowning them own selves or their own selves and are choosing to place something else above human life, which exactly. I think is sacred.
1: Exactly. And I, yeah, I think you hit the mark because, you know, some, for some people, um, you know, they're just, mm, I think about T.I. and his statements a lot. Um, if I can call out people by name, <laughs> um, and you know, um, you know, where he was they were talking about, you know, the protest in Atlanta, he's like, wait, this is our Wakanda. Um, Atlanta is safe for black people, therefore we shouldn't protest, we shouldn't um, you know, destroy things. And I'm just like, but this is the same, you know, Atlanta where six officers were just fired from their job for, you know, excessive violence against two college students leaving a protest of Throwing them out their car, threatening threatening their lives, you know, using a taser weapon on them on these college students as well. Um, so mm-hmm. what? So you know, when you make statements like that, and you're washing away the history of Atlanta residential segregation, school segregation as well. It's like not all these places have been welcoming towards Black people. Um, but for you to go on national TV and say, you know. We should stop. Atlanta is our Wakanda, a fictional country, you know. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense to me. And then, you know, for some, it's like you know this isn't a, this isn't the Christian response. And I'm just like, well, we must be serving two different gods, you know. Mm. Uh, we must be reading two different Bibles. Mm. Uh, and for you to you know have these conversations and not even look into black liberation theology or the words of someone like james cone or kelly brown douglas not even include them in the conversation of the work they're doing about what god sees as justice for black people it's like you're just blinded um by white christianity as well and so so yeah so there's just like a lot on both sides Um, between the responses of white people and then some of the responses of people of color um, for, you know, white Latinos or, you know, Black Latinos who don't see themselves or identify themselves with the African-American struggle either. Like, that's very difficult, too, and disheartening as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. There's there's just so much to it. Um, There's just so much to it.
0: Agreed. Well. And I think there are so many places of frustration for a lot of people. One place of frustration for me has been people have been focusing on rioting more than, again, more than human life. And the focus for so many has been why is there rioting? Um, why are people protesting? And right. I'm like, well, you know what? Just two weeks ago, there were people protesting with weapons about COVID. Exactly. Or about not being able to get their nails done or their hair done. But when Black people are continuously murdered and killed and people are protesting because they want to live, that in itself is apparently a problem. And I have a problem with that.
1: Especially. And I'm definitely thinking, like, we hold Ludin, if we even want to call it that, of Target in Minneapolis. And I'm like, someone died. Someone was murdered. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't watch the video. I don't need to watch the video at all to know that a life was taken and that if this person was not Black, he would probably still be alive. Mm. So if you don't want me to divert my focus on people who are rightfully angry, you know, living in this oppressed nation. Um, Target, the CEO of Target lost no money that day. Mm. I'm pretty certain what he lost was the equivalent of a penny. <laughs> and it's like they will build another Target. They can build these businesses, but George Floyd's daughter is mm-hmm. without a father, mm-hmm. and she can take her father back. And I think it was yesterday me watching her talk about her father in an interview, about how she how he used to put her on her shoulders, and she just felt so tall. She felt like she could touch the sky. And it's like she will never get to experience that either. And for her to learn of her father's death on television. And that she can at any point in her life Google and see how her father died and to see that his life was not valuable, that people had to protest in order for justice to be served. Like, I, I really just don't care about Wooten at all. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I um, people are protesting. You know, King said it. Riot, rioting is the language of the uh, oppressed. Mm-hmm. And as much as we want to as much as people want to use King to their own advantage and mix up what he's saying or twist his words around, he had a lot to say about, you know, the problems that we're facing today. It's just that we don't, or people don't take the time to read beyond um, Letter from Birmingham Jail or the Marshall Washington speech that he gave in 1963. Like, Mm -hmm. read the last three books that King wrote and he lays it out perfectly in books such as Why We Can't Wait you
0: know yeah definitely yeah,
1: um, yeah. Anyway, i'll say lastly i'm sorry no but, go for uh, it. this too like the stress on like we were peacefully protesting um we weren't like these other cities like there's no need to say or try to distinguish yourself and i tell people all the time there's no way you were peacefully protest and we'll also shout and no justice no peace like we need to get these narratives out of our head that there is a right and wrong way to protest or to achieve justice too. So I definitely saw like different narratives of that too or people stress, you know, I was, this protest is peaceful. Um, I'm just like, you know, I we know what you're trying to do with this language here and it's not taking us anywhere. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I think
0: when I think about kind of overall what's necessary for there to be some sort of, some sort of change forward for me, they're just, you know, I can either get stressed about, Hey, things are never going to change because America's built and founded on this, or I can focus on a few specific things that. I truly believe will lead to change. So for you, what are some either small or large, local or national um, things that people can implement or that we as a society can implement in order to create lasting change?
1: Yeah. um, I definitely think um, calling your local government officials Uh, city officials, letting them know you're angry, um, helping to call the city officials in, you know, Minneapolis and Atlanta um, in other different cities where, you know, things are going on to let your voice be heard most definitely. Um, I will also say, you know, just keeping yourself informed, um, you know joining local organizations that are doing the work or donating to them if you don't have the time to um and this can be anything from working with the youth in the schools um to i know maryland has a book bank in baltimore uh, where you know people help sort through books and pass them out in the community as well to ensure that children have books to read at home as well so it's like what can you do within your own community within your backyard that will help make a difference and that's Definitely investing in the youth of the community. That's definitely serving in local food banks um, because you know, police brutality is only one issue. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people in our community, so I definitely think volunteering, um, letting your voice be heard through local um, local city officials as well, are just two of the ways that you can begin to you know help make a change. Um, Donating into legal funds is another way you can make. Illegal change as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are like my few starters. Um, because I think that's something we do need is thinking about what ways can we sustain and make actually an impact from all these protests that are going on. And I even think in, uh, Minneapolis, you know, you know, them pushing to remove police officers from the school, from parking mm-hmm. Lex- how can we implement that here as well um,
0: yeah. agreed for me, I think of the biggest thing that can have a i think um, what's it like trickle effect a ripple effect um I think is voting i I think that it voting not just on the you know national level but you know, who are the people on the board of ed? Right. (laughs) That are managing the schools. Mm -hmm. Who are the, you know, governors, the senators, the county, you know, heads of the peoples and the counties and the cities. I think, you know, if we have the right people in place at each level, then that is a huge step in the right direction because then it's like hey the local government can work with the state government and the national government people can be really on one unified front and can make decisions that can stand because i think it's so tough when we have a senate and a congress that do not work together like do not agree or you have you know congressmen that are making different decisions or decisions that go against what the people in the cities or at the state level want. So I think that's a good place for me um, to start. And I know in Maryland, yesterday we had elections. um, Mm -hmm. And so that was a very active thing for people to be able to do to have a kind of hands-on connection. And I think you mentioned this earlier, but I think listening, um, that is a really active thing that people can do. Whether it's you know you're a person of color, um, and this everything has been a lot. It's been toxic. It's been too much, and you need to take a step back and listen to your body, listen to your heart, listen to how you feel, and acknowledge, hey, I feel overwhelmed. I can't talk about this again, or I need to self care. I need to relax. I need to turn off my TV. I need to ignore my mom's phone call tonight so that I can have peace you know um or if it's a hey i've been doing so much talking and i know nothing about this so i need to shut my mouth and i just need to listen to what people of color have to say to what black people have to say so that i can move forward and know that i don't have the answers i don't see what they see i don't experience what they experience so my answers for this are not going to be what where they need to be and so i need to learn
1: um And learning, too, like, for for white people, too, how to be a true ally. Um, And I think there are countless videos that show an example of how to be a true white ally in moments like these as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And that does not mean asking your friend, your Black friend, how to be a white ally Mm. um, at all. Um, But I definitely think that, you know, what definitely resonated with what you said was definitely checking in on yourself making sure that you are good um and if you're not um seeking whatever help that you can with whatever resources that are available to you whether it's calling a friend or Mm -hmm. you know speaking to your therapist about things that are going on um, as well definitely it is a lot it is a lot and I definitely think it's hard too it's like you know, seeing this violence because it is televised and sometimes you can't even control not being able to watch it because it auto-plays and you're you unsure what video this is and then you continue to watch it and it's like, I just saw a person be murdered by the police and not having any justice being served at the end of the day. I think that like, what toll does that do on your body as well? So I okay. would definitely stress. You know, checking in with yourself um, and making sure that you you know get whatever help you whatever you feel is good to get in the moments like mm-hmm. these.
0: Uh huh. Agreed. Um, and I think you know having people in your corner, having people that you trust, having people that you can rely on in this time is important for sure. So that's something that I do. And you're a person that I go to regularly to process through this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, because I know that you're a safe space. And so I think no matter where you are on this journey, you need to go to someone that's going to be a safe space for you to have these conversations, to vent, to reflect, react, and to respond. Um, so that's something that I for sure Mm -hmm. think is it is necessary and important. Um and I think no matter what, this has been a lot. This has been a very heavy season for all of us. And I think it's important to um know that there are people actively working, um, actively loving and marching and protesting that really want this world to be better. And that should give us some hope not to remain doubtful or sad or upset, but to know that, um, people want to move forward. People want things to be better and they're going to work and move towards that.
1: Yeah. And we just want a better world for, you know, Black people or Black children, um, or brothers and sisters. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not that hard. Black Lives Matter should not be something to protest against or such a controversial statement so. Agreed. Agreed.
0: Well, thank you so much, Christina, for joining me um, and sharing your perspective, your thoughts. I appreciate hearing your voice um, and, and sharing with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You are so welcome.
1: It was a great place to vent in the process. Definitely. It.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Bloom Darling Podcast. To stay up to date on all things Bloom Darling, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bloom Darling Podcast. See you in two weeks for a new episode. We have the power to make every
1: season spring. Now remember to bloom.